0: Hi, everybody, and welcome back to The Sex Wrap. We are so excited that you keep showing up to listen to us each week, and we are so excited to keep telling you what we think about sex. What
1: we think about sex as sex researchers, not internet sex perverts. I feel like I have to say that at least once every three or four episodes. Welcome back, everybody. We're really glad you're here. We're glad that we could spend some time talking. I love talking about sex. I spend a lot of time talking about sex.
0: Yeah, I um- Get a lot of sex questions from anybody who ever talks to me ever. So (laughs) it is a big part of our life. Have
1: you ever been at like a party or an event uh, where somebody kind of like corners you and starts asking you really personal questions about them for a friend kind of questions?
0: Yeah, I mean... Especially at parties, because people might have had a drink or two and they might feel a little more willing to share things that maybe they will regret later. And um, they like to tell me all their business.
1: (laughs) I was thinking, um, speaking of holidays and holiday parties, uh, that our show is normally shut down Uh, around the holidays it's spring and i need a break and we're traveling and our works are shut down and it's hard to get equipment um so there's some rants that i do around the holidays that a lot of my friends are tired of but i think that would be fun to talk about one
0: now Um, (laughs) because we never get to hear any of your rants okay please i (laughs) have some
1: well-informed (laughs) well-formed rational opinions um (laughs) But uh, we've had some questions come in about consent, and I mean, we're going to talk about it today, but for me, when I th- every time we start this conversation about consent, I don't think we started early enough. And, and the example that I use is that I have 12 or 13 nieces or nephews now, a whole bunch. Um, and over the last couple years, this really frequent thing happens, and it drives me crazy. Um, so I'll show up, and I live, you know, like a thousand plus miles away from all of them, um, and a parent or an aunt or an uncle or a grandparent will be like, go give uncle Andrew a hug. Go give uncle Andrew a kiss. And I respond back. with, like, no, hold up. Stop. Like, you don't have to do that unless you want to, right? Like if you don't want to, you don't have to do this. It's fine. Like you can give me a fist bump or we can play (laughs) a game or we don't have to do any of that. Um, And the thing is all the little kids get it. And they're used to me saying these kind of things now, which means I'm always the first when They run up and give a hug anyway, because they know with me, It's like, it's what they want to do. But I've gotten some real blowback from relatives who are like, well, why do you do that? And why do you get in the way? And we want her to be nice. And I'm like, no, I want her to be able to have control over her body and make decisions about who she touches and who touches her. Because that's way more important than a hug. Like you might think that you need a hug from a four-year-old to know that you have a healthy relationship with them. That's not part of my communication with people. And I think that's one of the reasons why people have so many issues with consent.
0: I mean... First of all, I a hundred percent agree that we need to talk about consent earlier and that we need to have conversations with young people, even children and with their parents about consent and thinking about consent way before we're thinking about sex. And, um, and I agree with you that children should have the ability to decide, you know, when they do anything with anybody else. Um, and, and, I think that we can also, um, be a little more gentle in some of those types of communication with families. Um, so I also, um, run into that with, uh, family members or, um, or partners, family members. And what I normally say to a child who is directed to do something like that, I say to the child, like, do you want to hug me or do you want to give me a kiss? Like to ask them before they're like actually doing that so that I am giving that agency to them. But um, I think it doesn't feel quite as maybe a Full to the parent. Um, and, and, you know, having conversations with the parents about that though, I think is a whole another issue, like not just in that moment, but like actually having these conversations with parents of kids about why it's important to give their child that ability to, um, to, negotiate that consent process right
1: it really feels like we're training young people to not say no to just take someone else's orders especially an authority figure or someone older like this is what you need to do with your body um and i mean of course i'm a lot more gentle with like a three old. i was like (laughs) oh no don't touch me i'm like no like uh Certainly when I rant about it, uh, I'm very, uh, you know, kind of visceral in my response. Like I go on the attack because it's so important. And the thing is, I see people do it all of the time, especially to young women in their bodies. And it's really part of the issue that we have with consent. And if you haven't guessed it, the episode this week is about consent. Um,
0: What's our question, Spring? I love this question. Um... Because we have talked about consent on the show um, numerous times, different aspects of it. And today we're talking about how can I ask for consent without ruining the mood? And Ugh, one of the gross. <laughs> one of the things we're really asking here is also about that affirmative consent, that idea of um, continuing to ask throughout a sexual encounter, um, because that is something, you know, when we talk about affirmative consent that's like making sure over and over that someone is wanting to engage with what you're engaging in and so i think you know that's one of the questions that we're really getting at here is that idea of that continual ask and like how do we engage in that without quote unquote ruining the mood
1: yeah i mean so uh every time i hear this question and believe it or not like a lot of the other questions we've answered, this comes up a lot from people. Like people have really bought into the argument that making sure the other person or the or the other people that you're with actually want to have sex with you and actually want to engage in those behaviors and actually like those behaviors is a bad thing. Like, is this okay? Or do you want to do it? Somehow that ruins the mood when the entire mood should be about making sure the other person is in tune with you. Um, I don't. I think when people ask this question, it's really not. It's often not about ruining the mood, though, right? Like, when you hear this question, what do you think it's really about?
0: I think this question is about someone being afraid that they're not going to get to have sex. Uh,
1: Yup. I hear this question, (laughs) and I'm like, this is, like, 10 seconds away from sexual assault, sexual harassment, rape, coercion. Like, if you're afraid to ask because the other person might not give you what you want, then you're already in the mindset of, sexual harassment or rape. Like, it's not about ruining the mood. It's about not getting what you want from this other person when you want it.
0: Right. So, right. So if somebody is so afraid that the mood could be ruined by asking, is this something you want to do? Then... Yeah, we are really concerned that that person doesn't have the other person's best interest at heart, right? So if you are engaging in sexual activity with someone, you should also want them to have a great experience and have them want to enjoy that. And so asking questions to make sure that they are happy, to make sure that they're enjoying that, to make sure they want to do these things is part of that process. It's part of making sure that they do enjoy that. And so it has, it, it basically cannot ruin the mood from that standpoint. Right. And
1: I mean, we have to also take this question with a grain of salt, right? Like maybe this question is coming from a place of, you know, I'm really shy. I'm really embarrassed. I don't know what I'm doing. I asked it before and I lost my erection or I asked it. And then all of a sudden I got like, right. So, this question can come from other places i don't want to be all on the attack all day uh, (sighs) but um if this is the kind of thought that you're having i want you to take a step back and say is this because i need to practice communication skills or is this because i'm not thinking about what the other person wants or i'm not thinking about that other person as a whole person right is this person just someone who's gonna put out give me pleasure and then i'll be done with it or or is there something else that we should be talking about um So the question that I want to answer, right, instead is how can I make asking for consent sexy, right? So instead of talking about ruining the mood, how can I make this a fun, sexy part of sex play from before sex until after sex? Because that's really what we're talking about with affirmative consent, right? We want to make sure that the other person is in on it. So how can we make it sexy? And I think that we should start talking about it like before sex, because I think consent definitely should be starting...
0: Before sex. Right. So if we're thinking about, you know, the communication that you're having with somebody when you're thinking about maybe having sex with them at some point, (laughs) then you want to start having communication about that and start asking questions about that in advance. So that can be um, before you have a date with somebody, like when you're texting before you actually have a date, it could be at the beginning of the date. It could be like, if you start kissing a little of the date. all of these times, this is all considered before. So all of this time before you're in the situation of starting to undress each other. Any time before, we can have some sexy questions that are getting at consent and and not saying that we have consent, but we're getting the idea of consent and we're practicing it and we're starting to ask these questions about it. It's,
1: it's people get lost in this idea that, you know, it's this emotional, physical wave that comes over you and fireworks go off and you just, you know, you start down that path and it's going to end in sex Now that still works with affirmative consent, but it takes some questions and we'll be right back after the break to ask you some of those questions. Welcome back, everybody. Uh, so we were talking about consent and the kind of questions that you should be asking before sex even happens, before you'll be thinking about sex. But what kind of questions can you ask? Um, and there's a ton of them, right? So Spring was talking about texting. Uh, if you've met somebody on a dating app, you can start asking some of those questions then. Um, like, But they should be affirmative questions. Do you want to come over? Right Now, that doesn't give you consent right but it starts the process of someone saying yes and no and that's really what we're getting at um, there's some really quick follow-ups as well like how far do you want to go before you get started right that's a really easy way for you to gauge what's going to happen if you ask someone how far do you want to go and they're like you know what i just want to do some kissing and cuddling then you know from the beginning that that is what consent has been given for and you can move towards that yeah and
0: And if someone says that, they can still change their mind. Anybody can change their mind, yes or no, either way, right? They could add on to that. They could take away from that. So even if someone says, I'm agreeing to kiss and cuddle later, but then later they might not want to do that, or they might want to do more. But we're suggesting that when you start having these conversations earlier, you start to set the tone and you start to initiate the conversation
1: Uh, i've talked to a lot of my uh, female friends about this question before in terms of their male counterparts and one of the things that's come up multiple times from women is that when men ask these questions and they say you know what i just want to be close i just want to cuddle we we don't have to have sex unless you want to kind of things is one of the biggest turn ons for a lot of women too. Cause you're throwing the the ball into their park where, you know, I'm here not because I want to have sex. I want to be close to you. I want intimacy. I want to cuddle. And sometimes that leads to sex, right? Cause it could, people can change their mind. Um, there's a million other kind of questions that you can ask that are affirmative before you have sex. You haven't even gotten to sex yet. Um, like, do you want to unzip me or do you want to take my pants off? Like there's all kinds of questions that you could ask along the way. Um, I don't know. Is there anything else we want to talk about before sex?
0: Yeah. So I think that, um, so we are always talking about practicing communication. And so we always talk about when you're in the heat of it, when you're in the throes of passion and you are like hot and heavy kissing and you feel like, oh, this is leading towards sex. um, It, It does feel harder, I think, as you feel a little more passionate. And so that's why another reason that we're saying start Start these questions before you get to that point because the practicing that occurs there makes it so much easier to keep going. So, like, if you just start kissing and you're like, "Do you like the way I'm kissing you?" or "How do you like that?" or "Do you want me to take kiss you softer or harder?" Just even like some gentle questions like that, like right up front, just set the tone. So now we have this kind of road we're traveling down.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I think another really, it's not really an important question, is it? A, que- it's not a question. Um, make sure to tell me if you don't like something or if you don't like it, or if you want me to stop, like just kind of putting that out there as another way of like, yes, even if you get consent, you let the other person know that they still have autonomy. They still have control over what's going on. Make sure you tell me that if you want something or if you want something to change, can I tell you something really cool and nerdy that has nothing to do with this question?
0: I'm going to do it anyway. So say yes. I know you are. (laughs) I'm waiting for consent. See? (laughs) Okay. I mean... This is not a good model of how to ask for consent, FYI audience, but you have uh, my consent.
1: If you are a native English speaker, when you ask questions, they go up sometimes at the end of a question. And (laughs) other times they go down at the end of a question. They only go up if it's a question that only has like a yes, no answer. So do you like this? Goes up. But how much of this do you want? Doesn't. Isn't that crazy? So in English, questions go up. Only if it's like a yes, no answer, weird. And then, you know, if you hear someone who speaks and they go up when they're not supposed to, you're like, oh, that's really weird. So yeah, think about some questions in your head. And if it's a yes, no answer, it goes up at the end of the sentence. And if it doesn't, it goes down. So for consent, you should be going up at the end of your sentence, get it? <laughs> <laughs> I, I could tie it all together. It just took me a minute to get there. Anyway. Um, okay. So we've established that you should be asking questions from before all the way through. And like, I love the way that Spring said it, like even a few small questions set the stage to make it part of what's going to be happening throughout whatever the experience is. So then we get towards like right at the beginning of sex, right?
0: Which are, could be any number of sexual activities, right? It could be touching somebody's penis or vulva, or it could be. Oral sex of any type, it could be just like rubbing things together, you know, so there's a, it could be fingering, like there's a lot of things that are like, um, considering, you know, but we're talking about any type of sexual activity here. So as we're starting to engage in some type of sexual activity, we We're asking before we do that and then as we're doing that. So as we're engaging in sexual activity, we're starting to ask questions about um, do you like this is a really simple, easy question to gauge how something's going. Does that
1: feel good? Mm. Like, do you want me to touch that? Do you want some help with that? Like, there's a lot of... So people say ruining the mood because it's like, hey, can I do this to you? No. Like, that's certainly... like the abstracted form of consent, but there's a million ways that you can ask for consent during sex that are incredibly sexy. And people say them, I mean, you, I don't wanna, I'm thinking about pornography right now, like not watching it, but (laughs) like the kind of things that people say in pornography to one another, like, do you like that? Like harder, faster, like those kind of terms are all sort of part of this affirmative consent. Like, tell me what you want like this more
0: yeah and i think i think the main point here is you should not say can i do this to you because that is that is what actually starts to jar it and starts to ruin the mood if we're gonna stay ruining the mood so um if for example i say um can i choke you <laughs> That is like, whoa, where'd that come from? But maybe if you ask somebody like, how do you feel about doing breath play? Do you enjoy breath play? Like something that is way more softer of a question and asking somebody how they feel about something. So this idea of, can I do something to you? And this can be anywhere along the lines of any type of sexual activity is a much more aggressive question and also does, can feel very jarring in the moment. So when we're thinking about phrasing the questions, that is one of the most important parts of keeping this in flow and keeping it feeling good to both partners. So if you're saying like, how do you feel about this type of activity? If you're wondering like what the person might like next, or how do you feel about this type of activity, right? So you're just Giving them some ideas, some options, and some opportunity for engagement with you,
1: and that's really what it is, right? Like the whole idea of consent is that you're engaging with another person, and you care about what's going on with them and yourself. Like it's about building that kind of intimacy and connection. Um, and Spring and I know there's all kinds of other sex play out there. Um, there's all kinds of people who are like dominant or submissive, and they have different sets of issues or different kind of situations that they're building. But um, I think some of the best lessons that we've ever learned come from those communities where people are engaging in riskier behaviors or things that might seem kind of violent or stressful, but they are building into those behaviors, like affirmative consent along the way. Um, So I think a couple other really good during consent questions are things like, you know, uh, do you need a break? Because we're going to take one right now. We'll be right back. (laughs) All right. So we've been talking about consent. We've been talking about consent before, during. A part of consent that doesn't happen that I think is really lovely is post-sex consent conversation. So you keep those yeses coming along. Have you ever done that before, Swing? You know what I mean?
0: Uh, yeah, you just made my heart melt. I mean, right. So like the simple questions
1: are like, how was it? Or are you okay? My favorites are like, would you like a glass of water or uh, instead of just throwing the towel at someone else to help them clean up afterwards, <laughs> you actually like, you know, help like the sweetest ever was someone went in like warm washcloth in the bathroom and came up. I was like, oh, this is so nice. And then I fell asleep. So I was a terrible partner that time. That's way <laughs> too much information for, for, for all of our listeners. But I mean, I think post post sex is a really important part of sex as well.
0: Right. And so, um, you can ask questions about other things they might need or want after sex, but also checking in on what they liked and telling them what you liked as part of that as well, because this is not only continuing this idea of understanding each other and understanding what each other want and need, but also really setting the stage for having sex with that person again. And If you want to have sex with someone more than once, (laughs) um, which most people usually do, um, having this kind of like continual thread and like making sure to like bring it back after actually engaging in activity as well is so important.
1: I mean, intimacy and communication Can be really uncomfortable, especially when you're first starting out. So, at the end of this whole thing, you know, if you've tried something new or someone went out on a limb or you actually practice the consent, at the end of it, telling someone like, that was really awesome. I love X, Y, or Z, or you were really sexy during blah, 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 like whatever it is. Like, I think very frequently after sex, people kind of like roll over and they're like, oh, that was nice. Okay, thanks. Here's a towel. Okay, bye. I'm going to go play video games. But If you really work on this consent from beginning to end, what you do is you start building this affirmative sexual relationship with this other person where it's built on affirmations and compliments on what they did well. Now, if you're into degradation, if you're into people calling you naughty names, um, I think at the end of sex, it's also really important to kind of bring that back together Oh, sorry. Yeah. Too bad. yeah.
0: <laughs> so in, um, communities where people engage in, um, things that they agree to in advance, right. They still always have a way to get out of that. So if we're talking about any type of staged, you know, sexual activity where we have some ideas about, um, taking away consent in some ways or blindfolding or something like that, there's still always a way that we are practicing affirmative consent, which is using safe words and then also having this, what you're talking about now, which is called aftercare. this idea of having a follow-up conversation about what has just happened.
1: There are some people who are really submissive in bed, right? And they don't like to be asked these kind of questions. Um, and it's very common in women, uh, especially younger women who are not very secure in their bodies or their sexuality. Um, but you can still make affirmative consent part of submission, and it's changing some of those questions around. So we gave you some of the, like the normal, "Do you like this? What's going on? Um, or, Do you like this? Uh, like, want me to unzip you? All of those kind of questions earlier. I really like. Uh, to- I-, I really like reframing that. consent conversation um, to tell me how much you want this, right? Beg me to do this thing, right? I'm not giving you anything until you say yes, right? And this is not like in a coercive way, but this is for somebody who's really submissive and doesn't want to, or is really kind of bashful or ashamed. It's sort of a way to turn it around and give them like, if you want this thing, you're going to have to say yes. And then like playing with the whole idea of domination and submission with that person as well. Um, I mean, there's a million other things that we could talk about here, but I mean, there's a way that you can make consent sexy for every single partner in every single situation, right? Like it, it, it should be an affirming fun part of all different kinds of sex for all different kinds of people. It doesn't matter if you're into BDSM or if you're submissive and you don't like to talk during sex, you can make consent a sexy part of your experiences with other people.
0: And I think that that is like really where we want to take this is taking it and thinking about how else does this show up in our society? And like, like we started talking about with young children being told to hug or kiss someone else. Right. And, where else do we see these conversations about consent in our society and how can we bring those more to light and how can we practice this consent in other areas of our life as well? Because like we're always talking about, the practice is the thing that we need to like, really make this feel natural and make it feel um, comfortable, which is how we want to (laughs) feel all the time. (laughs) So, so thinking about like how consent is part of our broader culture and how do we really want this framed? And like, we get to decide that we get to decide that we want this to be a happy part of our life and culture that everybody wants to engage with um, this affirmative type of consent where we're continually asking and checking in with each other and how we're doing.
1: I mean, I don't really have much to add. I think that's just a really kind of beautiful cap to what we've been talking about, right? Like we want people to be engaged we want people to be affirming and we want people to actually like be happy about choices they're making i love affirmative consent because it's about choices that you're agreeing to choices that you're making and we know overall that if people are enthusiastically agreeing to sexual choices their outcomes are much better they're much more likely to be orgasmic they're much more likely to be happy at the end of it they're much less likely to have regretted sex and i think once people start down this path once they do it a few times they realize like holy crap this is awesome and they stick with it like it's it's a really great way to build connection. yeah
0: and I just, I just want to tie this back to another topic in general that people are always concerned about. So we get a very similar question a lot. That's not as much about consent, but the question is, um, how do I not ruin the mood when I'm asking to use a condom and, I think that this is actually so related to this topic and you know, there is a lot of fear again about like someone else's response or like maybe not getting to have sex or the other person won't want to have sex with a condom or whichever. And so I think that, you know, thinking about how we're incorporating all aspects of our uh, sexual activity into this and like thinking about when we're asking these questions, like how do we do this for safe sex also? And like, how are we like incorporating our needs for protection into these questions? And, and the same thing goes for everything that we've been talking about, but I just want to emphasize that safe sex is also part of this ongoing conversation, right? So asking about um, using lube for different things and using dental dams and using um, insertable condoms or external condoms and like how how do we like include all of this in the conversation?
1: I mean, so consent is important and then on top of it we've had episodes about condoms and condom sizes and shapes and internal condoms and insertable condoms like there's ways to make that just as sexy as well right because if you're asking those questions and you're building towards that better relationship with the other person and there's enhanced intimacy um mean, we could do a whole episode about like condom excuses and reasons why people don't use condoms and condoms ruining the mood um I actually love doing workshops about that as well. But, I mean, it's part of that ongoing conversation that we need to have. Yeah, workshops about
0: I, condoms. I think we have an episode on that.
1: <laughs> but- <laughs> sometimes when Spring and I are talking, we've done so many episodes that uh, we, we remember a lot of the episodes that we've done. <laughs> and sometimes I forget. And then we have hundreds and hundreds of questions that we need to get that we still
0: have to answer yeah but yeah we do have um episode 71 talks about what do i do when the condom doesn't fit and we have a lot of excuses that um people like to use that uh we discuss in that episode um and all the solutions so if if that's a concern, check out episode 71.
1: <laughs> 71. It's a great one. It's a great one, everybody. All right. Do you have a tip for today? I have my tip ready. Do you have your tip ready? Okay, Just go for the it. Tip. Um, so I'm going back to the whole idea that consent is sexy because it's about affirming and confirming exactly what you want, what you like before, during, and after sex and making sure the other person is on the same, like, same trip, same path as you. Yeah. So it is sexy because it's... I mean, getting what you want and making sure the other person gets what they want, what could be sexier than that? I don't know. So that's it for me. What about you, Spring?
0: I guess my tip is um talk, communication, practice. I mean, it's the same thing we say all the time. <laughs> um but the main the main takeaway that I think is so important is um you can't ruin the mood by having a conversation with someone that that doesn't ruin the mood asking a very jarring or aggressive question can ruin the mood but having a conversation and checking in with someone does not it cannot ruin the mood
1: absolutely all right everybody if you have any questions or any follow up that you'd like for this episode you can uh, let us know or any other questions about love sex relationships sexual health infections LGBT anything at all uh, we're happy to chat with you about it uh, you can find us uh, on social media we're on Instagram Twitter and Facebook at the sex wrap you can send us a DM there or uh, you can send us email, an email we're the at gmail.com and you can call us at 413 I wrap it thanks for listening everyone have a good day bye
0: for everything that you were too afraid to ask at home too embarrassed to ask at school or just too. Af- blah, 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 blah.
1: Music for this episode provided by the ever elusive and mysterious Breakmaster Cylinder. The Pod A Sonic Universe.